Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to Ahead of the Crypto Curve. I like that groove today. He's always putting on some music to just make me bob my head and, and put me in the mood. And this is an incredible song, so thank you very much for that to the fabulous engineer Miles. Uh, this is Ahead of the Crypto Curve, and my name is Naja Roberts, and we are creating Satoshi Millionaires on this segment, One Family at a Time one day at a time one bitcoin at a time and one satoshi at a time and that ladies and gentlemen means you again i'm your host naja roberts and it is my mission in life to lead my people out of financial slavery and today is may 4th and uh really a significant day for me this was my grandmother's birthday and and um you know this morning when i woke up i was just thinking about all the lessons that she taught me as it related to money uh my mother my grandmother was a stay at home uh, mother forever and my grandfather was the one that went off to work but she was always an entrepreneur doing different things um, yard sales in a yard way back before people were even having yard sales my grandmother used to have a yard sale because she lived on a corner house in Watts and uh, so I grew up with her entrepreneur spirit and just thinking about what she would be doing right now if this was her day and time for this thing called cryptocurrency what would she be doing with the funds that my grandfather brought in from work how would she be saving how would she be investing what would she be talking to us about because she was a big big um proponent of us getting out going to the store by ourselves making sure that we counted our money just some of the things that you know a lot of people a lot of adults love to you know we shelter children and you know all the time we don't allow them to go and just be independent and i think i know times are different now uh, but she allowed us to be independent during the day and just really made sure you know she was very strict but at the same time as it related to our independence and thinking and being thinkers uh, she allowed us to do that so in her memory today um, I wanted to find a quote that had to do with the Bahamas she wasn't from the Bahamas but a lot of people felt like um, you know just her how she looked and some of the some of her dialect for some reason they thought she was from the Bahamas and today surprisingly I found a quote a cryptocurrency quote uh, that I am going to read today today this May 4th 2022 it says the Bahamas is becoming a leading nation in regards to blockchain technology and cryptocurrency. I think the Bahamas will supersede the United States in these categories very soon. And if the Bahamians approach this right, we can pivot from the entrapment of tourism to the leverage of influencing global interactions with cryptocurrency, new forms of capital and vital technologies and this is someone by the name of Hendrith Vallon Sr. and when I read this quote I can't help but take it and transpose it to help our community understand what we need to be doing because if we as African Americans and Latinos in this United States do this right we can pivot from the entrapment of the financial system that has held all things um, in their favor 
and we can really influence global interactions. We can influence local interactions with cryptocurrency, which are new forms of capital and vital technologies. And that's Naja Roberts. And so, um, you know, I am really looking to model a few things. I don't want to model anybody else's coin. And like I told you all before uh, in passing here at the station, when I saw Congresswoman Maxine Waters, she was talking about the big three. And those are the big three cryptocurrency companies. Um, and I'm, I'm, you know, and she was talking about how they were getting ready to do an experiment. And she was going to watch what they were going to do with the sand coin, the sand coin. And really, that is of no consequence to our community other than them being able to take advantage and do what they've done always. And that's really do a study in our, on our community as it relates to something that's worthless. And so I will say that immediately, uh, immediately we need to not pay attention to those models, but rather what Bitcoin specifically, the decentralized currency is doing to help pivot our communities. And so to that end, I am saying uh, we need to start watching carefully as all of these other countries uh, adopt blockchain technology. And again, it's not just about cryptocurrency. It's about this thing called blockchain technology, what it can do for our community and how it can help us pivot right here locally, uh, locally across the United States. And we're going to be you know, dealing with that over the next month as I go from city to city to talk to different municipalities, to talk to different community leaders, to make sure that we leave a blueprint for what needs to happen in our community. And so with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to explore today what is called the Bitcoin white paper. And if you've been looking online and if you're listening to everyone online that's talking and trying to teach you about cryptocurrency, they say, oh, go read the white paper. Well, the white paper is a hard thing to read for somebody that's not a computer expert. And so what I'm going to do today and probably tomorrow is help dissect what the white paper is, what it means, why it's important to us and really why we care. Uh, it's all about figuring out, you know, what it what it actually means and why it relates to us specifically and how it can help us specifically. So when we come forward, we're going to do our market update. We're also going to do a couple of different things that are in, that are in the news that I think you all need to know and need to hear because today is a big day in the financial industry. Uh, and then we will move to talking and speaking about the white paper. And then we'll go into some of the events that are happening in the cryptocurrency space and then dollar cost average. With that, when we come forward, this is KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right. All right. And we are here for our crypto scoop. There is a couple of articles that are here. Uh, we cannot go today without talking about our chairman, Jerome Powell, uh, as he is making some um, he's, he's just making some statements and, and going over what's going to happen with the feds today. And so uh, there's just been I mean, there's so many 
different perspectives as to what we're feeling about what he is saying today. Um, and I think tomorrow we'll, we'll, we'll be able to kind of dissect it a little bit more, but everyone is on their anticipatory tiptoes to find out what the, the right, the feds are going to do as it relates to the rates and such. And so the cryptocurrency markets, as well as the stock markets, as well as the equities markets, everyone is just pausing to take a look. And so, you know, nothing is too much different than it was yesterday. So I want to say that as we market watch, um, Bitcoin right now today is actually up 30, uh, is up uh, 5% to 39.8. So if you remember yesterday when I was buying Bitcoin on the dollar cost average, we were at 37.6. Today we are at 39.8. And again, Bitcoin is volatile. It moves up and down in price always every second, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So from one moment to the next, we never know where it will be. So for those of you that think you're going to wait it out until it drops back down to 20,000 or or at 19,000 may not happen. And depending on what people's sentiments are, because that's what actually moves the market sentiments and mass adoption and usage and uh, utility, all of those things are what moves the market. We are never knowing what people are working on and what's coming up and what's uh, what people been holding, uh, hiding in their sleeve so that they can come out at the right time uh, to share their what they're doing in the Bitcoin space specifically. And so again, there are over 19,000 other cryptocurrencies. All of them tend to move with the Bitcoin market. And so I'm, I'm really hoping for some great things as far as some of these other coins moving off the map that have not been doing well and not been serving our community well. With that, we're always talking about this technology space. We're always talking about this cryptocurrency space or blockchain space and explaining to you how many jobs there are out there in this space because it's very new. You can get in, you can learn, you can go and do a transfer to a job uh, that's almost similar to what you're doing right now. Whatever it is you're doing, there is some space for you in the crypto space. There is a job for you in the crypto space. But right now, today, um, we're always talking about how there are scams. And we know that there are scams everywhere. There are scams with real money. There are scams. I don't know. Uh, back when I was little, I, I just got a, a, a picture in my head of a guy at a bus stop that was moving shells around. And, and he was, uh, I don't know, he was moving these shells around and, and people were trying to pick which shell was where and they would get money for doing it on the bus stops this is way back in the back in the day so there's always been scams more scams than just a shell game but i uh, just thought about that which brought a smile to my face but there's scams and everything but what the sec is doing is they are ramping up staff uh for anti crypto scam efforts so if you are someone that is currently in the security space or uh, you do anything or you even thinking about it or someone someone is in school and they're thinking about coming into the cybersecurity space. The SEC is about to ramp up its efforts to hire people to learn how to combat some of the cryptocurrency scams. And I might say that they are going to be paying a nice hefty salary for this. So this is a SEC um, 
job opening, but it looks like it is paying close to $120,000 from what I have dissected and read. And I'm going to just read just a little bit of why they're spending so much money. It says the U.S. securities regulators plan to hire another 20 people to police coin offerings. So when you hear all these new coins that are coming out, they're going to police those coin offerings to make sure that people are not telling you this is the next best thing to Bitcoin. And if you get involved in this, you put a hundred thousand dollars and within six months, you're going to have a million dollars. They're going to make sure that those scams do not exist. They are also going to police non fungible tokens, which is NFTs. And then yesterday we talked about I think that was Monday we talked about, no, it was yesterday. What we talked about was decentralization. They're going to start to police some of the decentralized finance. And I find that interesting because if the decentralized finance space is not gathering anyone's information, it's going to be relatively impossible for them to figure some things out. I don't want to say impossible because I know that they have ways to do a lot of things, but that's what they're doing. And if they're paying over 100K per salary, uh, that's awesome. And so they're making sure that they have the bandwidth to keep those employees over $100,000 for a long time. So they said with the additions and the number of staff dedicated to probing security law violations in fields like the coin offering, lending, non-fungible tokens, NFTs, and decentralized finance, uh, they're going to put... Uh, the 20, that's just the start, but they're looking to do about 50 people. And they're saying the reason they're doing this is since 2017, the unit has brought more than 80 enforcement actions for fraudulent and unregistered offerings with monetary relief totaling in more than $2 billion, with the B dollars. So that means they've got 80 uh, cases that they've enforced and gotten back over more than $2 billion, which is good. And then also the SEC chairman, G Gary Gensler, has previously hit exchanges like Coinbase uh, with their coin called COIN for not registering with regulatory agencies when they offered security-like tokens in last September. And um, if you know anything about Coinbase, they went public. I was I think I was on Fast Money. I think CNBC Fast Money. They called me and asked me if I would talk about whether or not I thought the Coinbase uh, going public was a good or a bad thing. And at the time, I didn't want to say I declined because I need all the press I could get as it relates to, you know, talking about these different exchanges. But I did say that it was good for mass adoption because if they're going public, um, and people are starting to invest in this cryptocurrency company. I think it's good towards mass adoption. However, the that company particularly, I don't care for uh, because mass adoption is not what they're doing. They're doing um, they're doing some other things to just make sure that they stay ahead and that they stay well ahead of those the individuals that invest. And I don't even want to say those people that invest. I want to say those people that buy Bitcoin and leave it on Coinbase. They're taking full advantage. I have talked to somebody over the weekend that has had their Bitcoin on Coinbase since 2016. 
and hasn't even thought about moving it. And I, I, I'm just baffled as to why you would allow somebody to hold on to your Bitcoin. That would be just like you sending all that money to the bank and never going to check on it, never pulling it out, never using it, never doing. And I know a lot of people do that, too. So I guess I'm not so surprised about that. But uh, we got to just make sure that we're understanding what is going on. And so uh, that is one of the articles. And I guess I better jump in here really quickly. Uh, there's another thing that is happening, of course, after uh, this Fed meeting today. We'll, we'll see more changes in all the markets and we'll see how everything is faring out kind of tomorrow. Well, today, the highest price of Bitcoin has been in the last 24 hours. It has gone to 38.6 and the lowest was 37.5. 37.5 and the headlines reads crypto grinds lower as markets anticipate a capulation and the crypto markets of course remain soft ahead of today's FOMC meeting and we talked about this yesterday and there's another index that some of you may or may not know that's out there and it talks about how fearful people are in America as they're trading and it's called the fear and greed index fear f-e-a-r and greed g-r-e-e-d index i know some folks have asked me to spell out some of these things so they can go and do some research but there's actually a fear and greed index and every day they take polls to find out what the temperature is of the investments that people are making are they scared are they wanting to scared meaning they're they're bearish on something or if they are bullish which means they're all for it and they're trying to jump in. We look at the fear and greed index every single day. I do uh, because I want to know the sentiments of those that are investing. And today the fear and greed index dropped to a level of about 24, which is relatively low because again, they're waiting to see what the feds are saying about these rate hikes or not. And so once we find that out, once we see and it's solidified and it start to go into full fledged, um, whatever it's going to do, then we'll really know. And then also, too, I just wanted to share because someone asked me uh, to because I'm always saying we're in a camouflage recession. And somebody said, well, why isn't the news or the government ever saying that we're in a recession? Well, they wait for three consecutive periods before they deem it a recession. But by the time they wait for three different um, sessions to um, three different um, sessions to close, meaning months, several months, periods, we, we've already well been in a recession, sp specifically in our communities. Now, they might not get hit right away, but if we're waiting on these three time periods to pass before they deem it an actual recession, uh, we felt it month one. And so we as individuals just really need to know what we need to be doing and how we need to keep our eyes peeled and what we need to do. And I also just really quickly want to share some of you that were looking at and talking about. And I shared there was the uh, land sale that happened over the weekend with that platform on the NFT side called the other side land. And they ran in, they sold billions of dollars worth of land inside the metaverse. Well, today, all of those P2P 
pieces of land, those NFT prices dropped and their floor hit a dramatic fall of around 32%. And now these pieces of land are selling way less than they were last week. And after the sales were, um, you know, after all of these sales and stuff that were done for that platform, I mean, those owners of that platform are absolutely ecstatic. So right now they don't care that you lost any money because they got theirs. And so not that it's going to go back up. I don't know what would make it go back up that high. But not only is that platform suffering, but individuals that bought these ape coins, they're suffering. Uh, people that had got involved in the board ape NFTs, they're dropping to their lowest since March this year. Uh, and so there's a lot of things going on in that market. And so I always have to keep reminding you, yes, it sounds good. The grass looks greener on the other side. Everyone is telling you it's milk and honey on the ever other side. And I am one that just sits tight. I get a phone call, ladies and gentlemen, at least three times a day with someone wanting me to take a look at their opportunity. And I'm not saying that their opportunity is not real. I am saying that their opportunity is not worth me getting out of my position in Bitcoin to go and see if this thing is going to do good or not. And then try to get myself back into the Bitcoin position I should have been in from the first place. And I have learned from bumping my head as my grandmother that was born today would have said you know a hard head makes a soft behind and I've had a soft behind in this space a couple of times because I didn't listen and so just trying to help you not bump your head so many times uh, but this space is not designed uh, for you to be in a long-term hold on things that are just new and just up and coming because you have no idea what they're going to do or what they're going to go for because they are not decentralized. And also they are again, that thing that you should be thinking about when you're loaning that money to cousin Pete, who may or may not pay you back. And you say to yourself, Hmm, Naja, if you go and buy this ape coin, that means it's like you're loaning money to Cousin Pete. And if Cousin Pete doesn't pay you back, your feelings ain't hurt. You ain't mad. Your upper lip is not stiff. You ain't got your arms crossed because you knew Cousin Pete was going to go out there and probably lose the money that he asked you to borrow. And you'd never get it back because that dice game, he just couldn't win at that dice game. Well, when you are uh, banking on some of these coins and some of these projects you are rolling the dice you are absolutely gambling so you have to make a decision on whether or not you want to take that chance and even with bitcoin ladies and gentlemen you never invest more than you can afford to lose i would not be properly teaching you if i did not say that to you yes i do think bitcoin is for sure but i also have to say to you do not invest more than you can afford to lose because it is a volatile asset we don't know what is going to happen in the very near future but because of the fact that it is decentralized and we know that no one person or entity can tell us to cut it out or stop or they tell us we can't take it across state property you know state lines or international lines like there's nothing that they can do to that respect so that's why i'm so bullish on the fact that we are getting involved or are involved in the asset that is going to do very very well for our community in the near future so ladies and gentlemen 
when we come forward, we are going to take out the Bitcoin white paper and I am going to make it readable for myself. I'm, I'm the one that needs the Bitcoin white paper written. And so I wear Chuck Taylors every day. And so I have a picture of me walking on white papers, just regular white papers. And so uh, I do something called walking through the white papers. And so today I will do that. This is KBLA Talk 1580. All right. All right. And here we are with Ahead of the Crypto Curve with your host, Naja Roberts. And today we are going to look at the white paper, the Bitcoin white paper specifically. So as we look to invest in this space and we look to do our due diligence there are these things called white papers every coin should have a white paper every white paper should tell you what they're doing why they're doing it what problem it seeks to cure um, and just whatever else the timelines whatever the company's goals are etc etc and so when I hear people trying to educate people on Bitcoin, I constantly hear them say, go read the white paper. And I think to myself, that is the worst thing that they can do because they're new. They don't understand language. They don't understand the language. And they are every single day uh, listening to a bunch of jargon that they don't know what's, what's being said. And so when you send somebody to the white paper, I think it's cruel and unusual in my opinion, ladies and gentlemen. And so as we move into uh, learning more about the space, that's good. But in the meantime, I think that we're just regular everyday folks that have been scratching our heads are bewildered about um, the release of a Bitcoin white paper, what it means. Um, and even if you've even even thought to look up one. What does it say? What is it? Well, just what is it? And so this paper is so technical. I just want to give you a quick insert and then I will get to breaking down what the white paper is specifically for Bitcoin. It says to implement a distributed timestamp server on a peer to peer basis, we will need to use proof of work systems similar to Adam Back's ha uh, hash cash rather than newspaper or you sent posts. The proof of work involves scanning of a value that is when hashed, such with the SHA-256, the hash begins with the number of zero bits. The average work required is exponential in the number of zero bits required and can be verified by executing a single hash. Now, what is that? No, it's not a drill. It's not a drill. Uh, that is real. That's what these this paper that they're sending newbies to read actually says. But let's be honest. If you're like most people without an advanced degree in computer science or engineering, that excerpt or that whole entire paper is well above your head. And you're going to read it. You're going to feel overwhelmed and frustrated and bamboozled. Um, some of you may be able to read it. I had to break it down and break it down and break it down again. Uh, but don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, you're not alone. That's just what what we have to do. Uh, and so we have heard and I have heard a lot of your distress calls and um, who should actually read it and why. So this this um, I'm going to just I think I'm going to take the next couple of days to talk about this Bitcoin white paper so that if you want 
to learn it and understand it without being geeky uh, and a, being a computer buff, you can understand it. Uh, and if you have a general idea about Bitcoin, you will be able to get and understand what this paper is talking about and why we are so bullish on this thing called Bitcoin because we know what the technology is and we're going to just leave out all the hardcore technological technolo technological elements that are irrelevant to you gaining fundamental understanding. This Bitcoin white paper is too hard of a read for that. So why should you care? Um, I'm going to do this today. Yes, you should care because what I'm going to help you do, it's easy. Uh, the Bitcoin white papers is one of the most important documents that will help you get your head around what you want to want to understand in this cryptocurrency space and why they work. Um, this Bitcoin white paper is not only considered the most uh, important piece of work in cryptocurrency in the cryptocurrency movement. It also gave birth to a transformative technology called the blockchain. Now, again, the blockchain was already in place. This Bitcoin that they put on the blockchain actually helped give birth. So I'll, I'll say the blockchain was it was dibbling and jab, dabbling around. So it was like in its pregnancy stages. And then with the birth of or the announcement of Bitcoin in this white paper, it gave birth to this transformative technology called blockchain. And if you can digest just simple central concepts in the Bitcoin white paper, the broader decentralization and this revolution that I've been talking about, which involves hundreds of different cryptocurrencies, um, it, the application will begin to make a lot more sense. So let's kind of dive in here quickly. So let me give you a little bit of the the background behind this whole thing, because people want to know why Bitcoin. And we talked about the evolution of money, uh, how we led up to this point. But I'm just going to take a little bit of a pause to talk about what was going on. So in the late 20, 2008, in the late part of 2008, the global financial crisis actually sent shockwaves through the world. Definitely sent shockwaves through my house. Anger was worldwide against the banking industry, the governments, and any centralized authority that uh, was out there working with regular everyday people. And someone by the name of Satoshi Nakamoto, again, that is a pseudo-anonymous name. We don't know who their real identity is, but this person named Satoshi Nakamoto authored and released this white paper titled Bitcoin, a peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash system. This paper shared the workings for the new digital currency system. And, um, it, it, but the, the biggest thing about it is it did not rely on banks, did not rely on them to facilitate any transactions or the government to create or disseminate any currencies. So initially, when those of us that had bumped our heads in the in the real estate market and some of these with all these different option arms and uh, stated loans and just all this stuff that had helped us acquire all these properties, you know, we were very upset with. Uh, what was going on. And so if I had been introduced to Bitcoin at that particular time properly, and I'm going to say properly because I was introduced to it wrong. I was thinking it was a get rich quick. So I got in, I held it for a couple of days and then uh, I got out 
Uh, but then not only that, I got in, got out, got in, got out. And then I found a place to just get in and stay and wound up losing a whole lot. So, uh, but we know better, we do better. So we'll skip past that. And so, um, shortly after the release of this study, uh, there were some members of the cyberpunk group, and you're going to hear a little bit more about them that uh, came along and the first transaction happened between somebody by the name of Satoshi Nakamoto and a gentleman by the name of Hal Finney. And you're going to hear me talk about Hal Finney often because there were some quotes that Hal Finney gave that are absolutely relevant today. Hal Finney is no longer with us. Unfortunately, he's transitioned to his ancestors. However, uh, Hal Finney did a lot of different things in this space. Um, that we need to know about in the cypher cypher with along with the cypher punk movement. Um, but the rest is history. And today, almost everyone has heard about Bitcoin, which I really shouldn't say almost everyone. There are so many people that have not heard about Bitcoin. And I'm going to prove that by, again, asking people on street corners as I go travel across for tour. Uh, but uh, Bitcoin currently has this blockchain operating technology and has managed to propel a decentralized revolution around the world and so we're excited about that and when we come forward we'll finish up just a little bit as it relates to the bitcoin white paper we're going to go through uh what the quick notes are that i have on the bitcoin white paper and how it can be split into four main sections this is kbla talk 1580 New money, new money. We've got you covered. Keep it locked to the midday money chain on KBLA Talk 1580. Attention, if you owe money to the IRS, this is an urgent message. The IRS is cracking down by sending out heart stopping letters, aggressively garnishing paychecks, seizing bank accounts. Now, let's get back to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right, all right. We are walking through the Bitcoin white paper. And we're going to do this for a couple of days. So if you miss what we have here today, you can go to the app and look at podcasts at the very bottom of your screen. And you can listen back into this podcast as we start this. Or you can go to KBLA uh, 1580.com and you can listen to the podcast that way as well. So just a quick note before we begin, uh, the Bitcoin white paper can be split into what I call four sections. One of them, in my opinion, is the abstract is the overview of the entire paper. It's not really important, uh, but that's the first part. And I, I, I venture to say we should be able to skip that. But then the, the first section that we're going to go to is the introduction. And it tells the problems with the digital transactions right now and the introductions to the Bitcoin solutions. And any coin that you're looking at in this space, you need to find out what the problem is and how they're seeking to solve it. Uh, section two, in my opinion, is about how Bitcoin systems actually work. And then in section three, uh, is a conclusion. So we may break this down into a couple of days uh, going over the Bitcoin white paper, but it's the summary of the key features proposed in the paper. So we're going to examine each one of these sections, um, except that abstract. I think I'll go ahead and pass that because that's a little too technical and follow the same order uh, of this Bitcoin paper. So uh, in the introductory section, Satoshi, which again is a pseudo anonymous individual, argues that digital transactions are 
are too reliant on financial institutions. And we know that to be true. And other intermediaries that are in place due to something called the double spending problem. This reliance means the digital transactions are expensive and slow. Because they are double spending, they intentionally, in my opinion, make it expensive and slow to do with the things that you need to do. Um, to overcome double spending problems, Satoshi proposed a new system called Bitcoin, which enables people to conduct direct electronic Bitcoin payments without needing to rely on in intermediaries. What you really need to know about this is historically when it comes to uh, money transactions, ladies and gentlemen, or anything of value, people and businesses have relied heavily on intermediaries like banks and governments to ensure uh, the trust and certainty. Middlemen actually perform a range of critical tasks um, that are supposed to help us build trust. But in our community, the trust has not been built, as you know, which is why we have a lot of family members who still don't bank, who still keep money under the mattress, who still keep money in their pocketbook, as my auntie would say. I got some money in my pocketbook. Um, they keep money away and out of the banks because they have not built the trust. And the reason why they haven't built the trust is because they haven't been trustworthy. And so this will make things like these payments um the, the that's that's the problem i'm not gonna go into telling you the solutions so that's one of the problems uh things like payment authentication and record keeping uh, again they're on databases they can delete they can alter they can change whatever they want to at the drop of the dime because they have what they have all authority to do that. It's on their database. And our need for intermediaries in this country has been crippling for us because we need them in order to buy a car. We need them in order to buy a house. We need them in order to send money to our loved one out in another country. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we need them third party individuals. We need them whoever them is. We need them right now like we need air to breathe. We need them to allow us to swipe our visa. We need them to help us at the grocery store like we need them. And that's what they want because they control everything uh, when you're in their system. So when we come forward, we are going to put a pin in this and we're going to talk about the solution tomorrow. And so this may become a, a, a long part series, uh, but we're going to put a pin in it right there. We're going to come forward and do our daily dollar cost average and talk about our events for the month. And uh, this is KBLA Talk 1580. You're linked to the Midday Money Chain with Lynn Richardson and Naja Roberts exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. Broadcasting live from Lamar Park, USA. Welcome back to your home for unapologetically progressive radio. KBLA Talk 1580. All right, all right. And so what are the crypto events for the month that I would love for you all to register for? The first one is Crypto Essentials. It's an in-person and online event that will be held this Saturday on the 7th. Um, you can go to meetup.com forward slash crypto plug like you plug something in the wall. Again, meetup.com forward slash crypto plug and sign up for the crypto essentials. That's from the beginning to the end. You can ask questions. It's in person. It's also online. If need be right here in Inglewood is in person. And we also have a ledger in me. 
so to help you set up your cold storage devices called Ledger and Me. So you can learn the ins and outs about the transfer of your cryptocurrency from one exchange into your private wallet. So we do that this Saturday as well. Then we have Bitcoin Pizza Day, which is a big, huge party. We celebrate the first transaction that was done in Bitcoin uh, back into just back uh, it's called Bitcoin Pizza Day. That's on May 22nd. You can also register for that on meetup.com forward slash crypto plug. And then last but not least, on May the 28th from Le- in Lamert Park at 4 p.m. It is free. Bring your friends, bring your family, bring your foes, bring everyone out to get their free Satoshis uh, as I launch the Digital Financial Revolution Tour traveling across the United States to 41 cities. I need my family, my homegrown L.A. family to show up and show out. We're going to have a great show for you. And it shouldn't be a show, but we're going to have a great uh, event for you um, that you can watch and uh, really learn some things. And hopefully you'll hear from some other individuals that are in this space doing big things as well. So we're inviting uh, several people out and I'll I'll leave. I'll just let you all know right now. He'll Harper has definitely uh, 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 confirmed that he will be there. And so we're looking forward to that. So as we dollar cost average today with our six dollars towards Satoshi, Satoshi's being the smallest increment of a Bitcoin, 100 pennies are in a dollar. There are 100 million Satoshi's in a Bitcoin. We're going to take out our Black Wall Street wallet. That's on your cell phone. So you can download the Black Wall Street wallet right from your app store, your Android store, your Apple store, and you can start buying Bitcoin today with as little as $6. And so today I'm going to dollar cost average my $6. I'm going to open up the app. I'm going to click on the purple circle at the bottom with the two arrows and I am going to buy myself some Bitcoin. I'm going to click that. I'm going to go continue and I am going to click on a one time for $6. But ladies and gentlemen, you can set this up and forget it. It can take $6 a week, $6 a month, $6 a year, whatever you want it to do, it will do for you because that's what technology does. It's called set it and forget it. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, I have just purchased $6 worth of Satoshis. And today, unlike yesterday, the price of Bitcoin is um, excuse me, I, I went off the screen really quickly. The price of Bitcoin is 39.7. So again, today, Bitcoin is a little bit higher than it was yesterday. So I got a little less Bitcoin in my wallet than I did yesterday. That's why dollar cost averaging is so important. A DCA a day keeps poverty away. This is Naja Roberts. This is ahead of the crypto curve. We are building Satoshi millionaires, one family at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time. And ladies and gentlemen, that means you. This is KBLA Talk. 1580 stay tuned for the dl hughley show dl hughley is the truth and we are unapologetically a progressive radio station peace and blessings family kbla 1580 santa monica